0: Welcome to The Movement with your host, Shannon D. Hughes. In your life, do you celebrate the downfalls along with the peaks? You should. These define you as the person you are and help you learn your way to personal success. Now, here is the host of The Movement, Shannon D. Hughes.
1: Good afternoon, May 29th, 2019, 217 days left in 2019. If you have not started a movement by now, you will after this show because we share the ups and downs, pitfalls, victories to come. And we just connect stories of the human spirit, and today we're going to introduce you to a legend you should know. I am your host, Shannon D. Hughes, and I welcome you into the movement. The movement can be heard every Wednesday live, not a podcast. We are live in that radio show at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, here on Voice America's Influencers Channel. You can hear the replays on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. You can catch everything and on demand as well. And if you want to reach any have any comments about the show during the show after the show, please re- email the show Shannon at movement dot com. Shannon at movement dot com. And before I bring in my guest, I want to say happy birthday to my mother, Earlene Hughes. Uh, celebrating a birthday today. She's been a supporter of this show since I first started, so I wanted to say happy birthday to my mother. Okay, let me let off a few t- titles for you all, and I want you all to tell me. Have you heard of these songs before? Shining Star, That's the Way of the World, Serpentine's Fire, Boogie Wonderland. And if you know these titles, you know what legendary group, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame group that is, that is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Well, the the individual on this line today is a former lead guitarist and vocalist of that legendary group. He also recorded with the, with that group. Before joining the Fire, he recorded with another legendary blues performer, Millie Jackson, played and produced for Capitol Record recording artist Son. Then he went on to join the Commodores in 1983, which was news to me, and remained with that group for four years. He then joined the Experience Hendrix, the family company of Jimi Hendrix, realizing another lifelong dream of being involved in the musical legacy of the greatest artist of all time. Now, with that project that brought together some powerhouse hitters. I'm just going to name a few of these, and I'm going to try not to faint saying some of these names. Lenny Kravitz, Sting, Santana, Eric Clapton, John Lee Hooker, Stevie Ray Vaughan, George Clinton, Bootsy Collins, Earth, Wind & Fire, of course, and, and my favorite artist of all time, Prince. He has also worked with well-known artists such as Taste of Honey, Kirk Whalum, the Pointer Sisters, uh, Stephanie Mills, I apologize, Paul. Abdul, Vocal work includes musical soundtrack from the and picture Glory, television show work for the for Who's the Ball? Chicago Hope received an Image Award, Lifetime Achievement Award with Earth Wind and Fire, and also went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame with him. Worked with Brian Culberson, bring back bringing back the funk. He also wrote and appeared on the show Sunny in Philly, 2015. With Brian Culverson had the number one tune on Billboard Smooth Jazz category think free live there's other stuff that i have not covered yet we're going to go over because i I'm, I'm just upset i only got one hour with this in, with this man so i want to talk, introduce you to a legend you should know sheldon reynolds welcome to the movement how are you sir well after your all that i'm pretty i feel pretty good does it sound funny me reading all that sometimes. back to you
2: yeah, because I'm trying to figure out who we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're you the man. I mean, I, you are the man. If, if you, yeah, I'm just. I just feel God blessed. You know, I mean, I, when, when you hear that, sometimes you forget all the stuff you've done because you've been so busy doing it, you don't really pay attention. I agree. And then all of a sudden, somebody reads it back to you, and you go, and you say, well, "That was me." <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it, is, it is very
1: impressive. We're blessed with your talents and all the musical icons you have worked with. But before we get into most of that stuff, I here on The Movement, Mr. Williams, I love to talk about your beginnings and where you were from. So if you don't mind blessing us and tell us where were you born and raised and you know your family life in the early beginnings, if you don't
2: mind, please. Well, not too far from where you are. I was, I was, I was born. I was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. All right, and uh, grew up there. You know, saw the tornadoes y'all been seeing lately, and all that too. That's why I went west. <laughs> right, right, <laughs> and um, right. Yeah, and um, you know, started playing guitar when I was about seven years old, and, and I, I suddenly took it serious when I saw the Jackson Five. That was what, that sparked me. There you go. And I wanted to be Tito's backup player or something, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And then then I saw BB B. King, and that made it even more official. Um, Jimi Hendrix, of course, and Slime Family Stone, Aretha Franklin, uh, all kinds of folks were came, over, came in that era. We saw so many, you know, great talents. It was just like, he was just blown away by the radio every day. I mean, it was it was quite special.
1: Were you self-taught, or did you teach it, uh, or did someone teach you to play the guitar?
2: A little bit of both. I, I was mostly self-taught, and I started by myself when I was a kid, and then I got lessons for a minute, enough to understand what music was supposed to be about, and uh, you know, did that, and just a, a good balance of both. Like playing in church, playing on little clubs, you know. Getting, getting booed and everything else and you learn to you learn to get it together
1: quick. I know that feeling, being a trumpet player, trust me, I know I know that feeling. Now were you the only musician right. in your family or did you have other musicians in the family as well? Oh no, I'm just one of one of
2: my Mel Carter. I have a cousin named Mel Carter who sang a song called Hold Me and a big hit in the sixties. And then, uh have another cousin named Felipe Wynn, who was one who sang Sadie and rubber Band Man. Um, oh my goodness, with the, with, the, with the spinners and uh he's passed on now, but he was he was my cousin and gave me my first limo ride, mm. and my mother wow. played piano and sang as well. Okay. And so in my, in my and house, in you, you had to get it together. You could run out of the house quick. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, what was the music scene like where you were at? I mean, I'm sure it's. it's not, like you kind of touched on it. Was it a lot of bands and singers then, or was it kind of here and there? You were, tell oh, me what it was oh. like the music scene there. Yeah.
2: Oh my God, Cincinnati and Dayton, which is where I was, where I was coming from. You had Ohio um. players, Midnight Star, Son, who I was part of. Gosh, um, uh, uh, Slave, um, a whole bunch of them. Um, Brucey Collins. I mean, they were. We were. They were it was, it was nothing to do but but music. Cause it was too cold in the winter time to stay outside, and it was too hot in the summer right. to stay outside.
0: So we Ain't were. But was, all these bands were in
2: the. In the, in the and the coolest place was the garage in the basement
1: <laughs> wow now let me ask when you were so you I'm so sure you played through grade school and through high school now did you go to college and play then tell me about high school latter part of high school on now. what was that like
2: high school I played mostly I had my first band in high school called Shades of Reality and oh. we won a talent show that was, which, which gave me, all the incentives. I mean, it was actually good. We won a talent show, and what that was cool, but what was cool, the cooler is that my mom had promised me she'd buy me another guitar if I won the talent show. We won. <laughs> 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 so that was, that was, I made sure, I made sure we won, like, you know. And uh, then I got to college, and I actually started playing with a guy named Wilbur Longmire. who was a great, great, uh jazz artist, rest his soul. Okay. And uh and we we went to playing around town a lot and and then I actually when I was in college I was started I was still playing with him but I got the call to play with son. And that took me out of college. I, after finishing the first year of college, it took me out of college and I ended up on the road the rest of my life. So Wow. There you have it. What's that like I as to a touring...
1: What's that like touring as an artist? I mean, you, not, not, I, like I said, I played trumpet, but I never went professionally and played and went on tour. What is it like when you were? And what time period was this? Was this so? I'm talking somewhere in the 70s. This this was happening, correct? Yeah, 70s, early 80s. 70s, so early. Okay. So when what's I it like moving. just getting getting your feet wet when you are touring as a relatively young new artist i not saying what is what is that like?
2: Well, I, I mean, I, I say this, and this is, you know, I can only tell you what I experienced. Okay, I would say that put your trust in God before you get to running around the world, mm-hmm. because there's so many things that you can get yourself locked up in, bad and good, and you put your trust in God because He'll will guide you to, you know, to hopefully to the right way. Because there's so many things going on, and you, you you got you got to put on 100% of your performance every, day, every night because the people you see tomorrow didn't see you today. And they pay to see this to see a, it's the same show that you're doing today. So it takes a lot of focus, a lot more than what people realize, to do that for 150 shows a year. You know that 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 is that that's very grueling, but the love comes when you're on the stage and you hear the audience, you know, roar, and you see that you made that many people happy all at once. And we're not fighting, we're not killing each other, we're not out the street doing all kind of you know mm-hmm. shenanigans and all that stuff. And you you got them for two hours. There's peace, right? Yeah, and, sure. and that's the part that, that stands out the most for me.
1: Wow. Sheldon Reynolds is our guest here on The Movement, right here on Voice America's Influences Channel. All right. So um, and before we get into the earth, wind and fire aspect and it will come forward, I want to ask you, um, was there any point when you mm. were out there in the beginning of your career where you were saying that it sounded like you really love to play? But I'm sure there had to be some frustration where you said, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if, you know, I, I have a gig here and there, and I'm out on the road, but I don't know. Did 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 Sheldon Reynolds ever say to himself, "Maybe I should go do something else. Maybe I should have my own band. Maybe it's or whatever." What was your mindset in that in those early stages as well?
2: Well, I, I was so encouraged by my mother's spirit, because she would always tell me, "You can do whatever you want to do as long as you keep God with you," mm-hmm. and. That that drowned it out the voices that were saying those things of, like, give it up, go get a job at GM and Ford and, you know, get a regular life, stop playing that guitar, blah, 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 blah. Because most of those people that said that were the same ones that wanted the backstage passes when I got your turn <laughs> 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 You know, all the years before, they were, you know, no, nah, man, you know, don't, that music thing ain't going to happen, man. You're in Cincinnati, man. You can't, you can't make it no Hollywood come here, you know, and and, and you know, they, they they meant well, but the bottom line is, like I said, they were the first ones on backstage passes. Come see their old friend Sheldon. Mm-hmm. See, <laughs> I, I, I've heard so, this before. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, I, I never, um, I never not wanted to do it because it's my first love, is mm-hmm. music. Right. And and I and I you know, from from childhood. So as long as you do it for the love of it, you never want to quit. You may, you may reach a point where you have to, you know, change directions and do something different. That could happen, and that's the reality. But the, the desire, desire never goes away.
1: I love it. I love it. All right, so now, um, I want you to tell the audience how you were first connected with earth wind and fire tell me what how that transpired and how you got got into your start with them
2: mm-hmm. well i got on a bus when in la i was playing with the commodores but we weren't doing anything at the time and i made a phone call to a place called the complex which Maurice white co-owned at the time mm-hmm. it's a big studio rehearsal facility video filming all that stuff it was a beautiful complex and I heard about it, so I called over there, and the person that answered the phone was his sister, Jerry, and 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 I just, you know, almost speechless, because I was like, I'm talking to his sister. I, oh my God, what do I say? What do I say? <laughs> well, she ended up, she ended up inviting me to come down and bring my demo tapes to the studio where they where they were at. So I ended up getting on a bus, riding down there to that studio dropping the tape so I am meeting her. I met Verdine that day and I met Larry Dunn. But no, I didn't meet Maurice yet. hmm And about two, two or three days later, I was going to join the Commodore at a studio they were working in. And when I got there, uh, I noticed a burgundy Porsche 928. <laughs> and it was, ki- it was it was it was killer. <laughs> and and I asked whose car that was and he said it was Maurice White's car mm. so I ended up calling her again at the, at the, calling his sister at the studio and saying look I'm at the studio that he's in can you please get him to come out where I can meet him and she said she'd do it and he came out and we ended up meeting and that's what, that's what ended up leading me into being part of our on the Fire Wow and what year was that Sheldon? Uh, around 80 85 86 okay i got you i I think 86 86.
1: okay now tell me now you're in the you're in a legendary group now tell me what it was like getting taken off running now you've accumulated all of these skills because you've played some years now and now you're in one of the biggest Mm -hmm. bands in the history of, of music tell me what it was like you know getting off and running with with that group
2: Um, it was like a dream. You had to pinch yourself all the time because a lot of us guys who were the new, so from the, from the new, you know, generation of the band, this was our favorite group. Right. So you know, it was like you were know, you were a fan as well as a you know person who was working for the, the for the Earth, Wind and Fire. Mm-hmm. And so it, it ended up being where many nights we'd, we'd go on stage and we had to catch ourselves because we'd, we'd stop and start looking at the crowd's reaction and like, uh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> so, we are supposed to be on that side of the stage by now. get <laughs> <It's> it. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. And you can stand in the audience, you just get on over there And, uh, so I mean, I, I say it was like a, you know, like a, it was like a dream, and uh, it felt good to be part of a band that you could tell your parents about. Right there, you go. You know, there you go. I mean, that was right. that was that was the whole thing. It wasn't it wasn't just fame, ego, and fortune, and all that stuff. It was actually uh, uh, you felt like you were doing something good that you could be proud of. And you didn't have to hide and tell your parents you were doing something else.
1: <laughs> Correct. Correct. Right. Oh, my goodness. Um. You know, Earth, Wind & Fire is, like I said, I don't know too many people that don't know this this group. And the two main names were always Maurice Starr, mm-hmm. God rest his soul, and, and Philip Bailey. But I would like Sheldon Reynolds. We know mm-hmm. who you are a little bit. I want you to talk about maybe some of the other names in the group that a lot of us don't know who they are and how talented they are. Can you give us a couple of names?
2: Oh, my God. I mean you have Charles Stap. I said a couple, really but the, go ahead. <laughs> you have Charles Sta Charles Stephanie who was one of the original visions of the group and producer, him along with Maurice, of course. And uh you have Larry Dunn, who was the wizard to me. I mean we've worked together many times and he's like a he's just like a wizard. That's all I call him the wizard. <laughs> and uh Andrew Woolfolk, um uh, he is he was like he was my ping pong enemy. We were we were enemies on the ping pong table, but he was <laughs> he was the funniest guy in the world and just a, a bundle of energy on stage. Then you have Al McKay, who, like Larry, is part of the magic that made that sound. I mean, they, they his, his rhythm and Larry's chordal structures and all that stuff. I mean, the two of them together was just like some kind of dream. You know he couldn't he was made in heaven for sure Johnny Graham, blues bluesman and unknown genius basically with technology and stuff right he was he was a very very unsung hero of the group um, and there's so many i mean there's been so many people that have been within that group but all of, all anyone who's anyone who's been in that group is a better musician because of it. Oh, I believe that.
1: <laughs> I, I totally believe that. Sheldon Reynolds is my you know, guest, is Rock the roll Hall of Famer, on my show today. I, I believe every word you said on that one. That is uh, that is amazing. Um, let me ask you this. Now, I listed some of the songs uh, in during your intro, and uh, now mm-hmm. my a couple a couple of my personal favorites are um, Serpentine's Fire and uh, Fantasy. Uh, Fantasy actually. It inspired me to write a movie script that I've never divulged to anybody, but that's another story. Can I Love, In the Stone, Shining Star. Mm. What were some of your favorites of the group or some of your favorites to perform live uh, when you were with them?
2: Uh, Serpentine Fire stands out for sure because it was such an odd you know, groove. Yes. But it was hypnotic. And you know the first time I ever heard that song was actually live. I was in—I was a fan at the time. I was in, attending the, attending the show, right in Cincinnati. And when they started playing that, that was the first time I'd ever heard it. And I was like, "What the heck is that?" <laughs> and you know, but it was—it was so hypnotic. You just felt yourself getting caught up in it, right. Um, then there's September, which I'm—my birthday is in September, so I'm definitely you know partial to that has <laughs> been my favorite right right <laughs> um the ironically the day that Maurice passed I was actually sitting up listening to Earth on and Fire and I was listening to All About Love which is my favorite oh, of all oh man oh man so that stands out as being my favorite I mean there's, but there's so many of the songs are are, are are heartfelt and touch your soul, but that one stands out for many reasons now, of course. And Serpentine's Fire
1: was resonated with me because I said I'm a trumpet player, and I used to try to play those licks, and I'd literally be falling over trying to play those those horn licks, but, you know, if the song was had a such like you said, an odd groove to it, it was so addictive, but those are the ones that stand out to me. You recently just, you just mentioned a couple minutes ago uh. about Maurice Starr, um, you know, and he is, I rest his soul, uh, can you talk about him for a minute? I think he is one of the unsung, underappreciated geniuses of all time, in, in my humble opinion. Uh, can you talk about him for a second? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I mean, how do I say it? There's So many things I can say. I mean, he was he was big brother. He was he was employer. Big brother, visionary genius. His genius that I always felt was was, was unsung. Is he knew how to match up the right people. Mhm. He wouldn't come in telling you what to do or what to play all the time. But he would always know how to match you up with somebody that would get you to play your best. And challenge your create creative energy to you know to work you know, to work it out. And uh he would sometimes he would tell me I'd be in a I'd play a part on the song he he put it in the left speaker and he'd say on the right speaker, tell me give me give me the answer to that what you just played. Okay. So it would be like Al and Johnny playing together. Wow. You know, because the magic magic is the interplay the conversation mm-hmm. back and forth. Wow. You know. Now I mean, that's and, a, that sounds like a genius at work yeah, to me Yeah. Yeah, and the thing is, is, he had he had something that this this was just was, was, was within him. He was just a, he had an aura about it that exemplified what Earthling Fire's you know appeal was. Mm-hmm. He had the aura of Earthland Fire, and just you know, uh, unlike a lot of people who are very talented. Sometimes that aura can, can can give you even more of a uh, magical presence, you know, and inspire the musicians that are around you to play something that they wouldn't normally play.
1: Um, you know what? We got about five, four minutes before the break. So we, we you talked about Maurice uh, there for a second. Now I want to talk about yeah. the other. I was going uh, to That's Philip. Talk about Philip, please.
2: Oh, my God. <laughs> the man with that voice, with that kind of voice, man. able Woo. to do that many, able to do uh, 100 and 200 shows a year without missing one, is a hero for me. Man. I mean, I've known him for 20 years or however many years it's been, and I've only known him to only known him to not be able to do one show. Are you serious? <laughs> I mean he was he would be down and out sometimes, you know sick or having a cold and all that, but the dedication toward making sure that you know he was there was something to just something to to watch on on its own. It was just unbelievable, and I watched him go from from trial to universe. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you can hear comp- competing, competing with the horn section
1: and trumpets. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds funny to say, but I know what you're saying because I, because I watched it. I'm like, yeah. a man with a voice like that. Right. I just, I was, I don't know how you could stand there, and be playing guitar, and just listen at him mimic or the horns trying mm-hmm. to mimic what he's doing. What is that on Reasons Live? That's like one of the legendary. Uh, songs of all time that, that live version of that just to watch him and, right. and alto sax go at it I'm like this man is not from this planet how right. is he doing this <laughs>
2: yeah I mean you have you have you know you have him you have Verdeen who is the fire as we called him mm-hmm. right uh, because I mean every night the two of them I mean Verdeen was the energy of all people Mm-hmm. I mean, he come out on the stage. We we could be sick, tired, traveled, beat up from everything we've been doing for the last six weeks at this point. And when it, when that when those lights hit, Verdeen was just like he was nineteen years old again. Mm. I mean, it's something just, to be said you know, about a live
1: crowd, isn't it? A live crowd can really get you get you up for it.
2: Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's. it's it's something. I mean, it doesn't erase everything, but it, it is like the closest thing we get to
1: heaven in the music business. Right. <laughs> I hear that. My goodness, um, mm-hmm. Mr. Reynolds, we are up against our break, um, and when we, what I would like to do is, I actually want to toss a question to you right now, but I want to want you to answer it on the backside of the break, and then I want to get into some of the stuff you've done outside of Earth, Wind, the Fire. But my question is going to be to you when we come mm-hmm. back from the break. You, you mentioned earlier about all the bands back then, you Slave, Lakeside, you are Commodores, Confunction. I mean, we, you and I can sit here all day and list these, these bands. I would love for you to tell me just mm-hmm. your opinion when we come back from the break. Where did all the bands go? I mean, they're like it's like it's like the plague just came and there you don't see bands prominent <laughs> as they used to. So when we come back, I want you to answer that coming out of the break, and then we're gonna talk about your other projects and some of the other things you do outside. You've done outside of Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I also want to talk about Rock and Roll Hall mm-hmm. of Fame as well. So we will come back with Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, formerly uh, artist uh, of the group Earth, Wind, and Fire, Sheldon Reynolds, right here on the movement, right. After this. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America.
0: If your life needs some structure and direction, you may need a life coach. Interested? Contact Shannon at SDHughesEnterprises at gmail.com for a free 30-minute consultation. Trying to find a buyer for your home? Tired of paying fees and commissions? Need to get out of your home quickly with no fuss? Real market experts can help. Get a cash offer on your home today. Our nationwide network of investors will ensure you receive the best price for your home in Chicago and the Chicagoland area. Get started now. Call 1-800-SELL-NOW or 708-887-0795. You can also visit our website at realmarketexperts.com slash IL. Is your credit card processor for your business charging you high processing rates? Do you need an upgrade of your current credit card processing terminal and would like it for free? Let North American Bank Card lower those processing rates and qualify you for a free brand new credit card processing terminal call shannon for a free statement analysis 708-887-0795 or email shannon at sdhughesenterprises at gmail.com this is the voice america influencers channel be inspired You are listening to The Movement. To reach the show today, please call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. If you'd rather send an email or if you are looking to be a sponsor for The Movement, contact the show via email to shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. That's shannon at shannondhughes-themovement.com. We'd love to hear from you.
1: Questions, comments, or you want to be a sponsor of the show, please email the show Shannon at Shannon D Hughes-Themovement.com. And again, heard every Wednesday here on Voice of America's Influencers Channel live, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Programming note, next week. Professional wrestling has reached new heights here in 2019. Specifically, women in professional wrestling have staked their claim in the business, but before women, where they are where they are today women were female managers or valets in the 80s valets were very prominent and on the next episode of the movement nicola roberts bird aka baby doll the perfect 10 joins the show she would talk about growing up the daughter of a referee and getting into the world of professional wrestling and also getting to work with wrestling legends such as tully blanchard the american dream dusty worlds and 16 time world heavyweight champion rick flair that is next week nicola roberts bird here on the Movement. We are here with another legend, Sheldon Reynolds, the Hall of Famer and former lead guitarist and vocalist for the group Earth, Wind and & Fire. And I left uh, a carrot dangling over him with a question I, I asked him before the break. Mm. What happened to all the big bands in the industry? Now, Sheldon, before I let you answer, two of the last bands for me um, that that that, was, that I listened to were... Tony, 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 and Men Condition. Now, Men Condition is still out there, and, and the Tonys are out there, but and they all came up kind of in the vein of you, and they all have given you all the, the credit for your, your live band work and why they all, all formed together, because I've heard that in interviews from them. But man, where have the great bands go- gone? I'm just going to let you go
2: at it. Well... I mean, it starts with something that I'll try to try my best to explain. As I, as, as, from what I, my vision of it, is society from the White House on down has changed into a me, myself, and I society. So you have all you have this, the the mindset of of this. we're all working separately and not working together. When we play the games now, we play by ourselves. When we, you know, when kids are uh, watching TV, generally they're, they're they're tuned out of their families and stuff like that. So you have that kind of mentality growing up and becoming record execs and becoming, you know, people who run the industry that we're in. And they find it easier to deal with one artist than to deal with a whole band. Mm-hmm. So consequently, they spend less money on the development of that situation because they only deal with one person. You know, and with the mindset being me, myself, and I, it makes it easier because that's what the person wants in the first place. Mm-hmm. You know, even back in the day when we were in the hot in the hot world with the bands, it was always the record that was coming behind your ear saying, "You the one we need to you need to make your own record," instead mm-hmm. of encouraging them to work within the band and and develop. You know. Their their moment, they're shining, and and step back when someone else's moment is you know there. It was always you the one you need to come on and make your own record and you know leave these guys. They they just they just you know they they only here because you hear hmm And that happens all too often. Right. Bottom line is if we work together, we are stronger, and that's why people still listen to the bands from the past because that was what we were. We were actually together. Wow.
1: mercy that sounds like a class that needs to be taught um stokely from the the group men condition that's my group he actually said almost verbatim what you just said he just said that he had had a lot of people coming to him asking him to do solo project after solo project after solo project after solo project he said no i'm this Mm -hmm. is my this is this is the band that I grew up with. This is who I'm going to be. And they're still together. Now, he's done some you know, solo things here and there and and some s- s- singles, but mm-hmm. he's still in that band. He is committed to that band. And I don't think a lot of people get a credit for it. I know now New Edition is not a band, but they were a singing group. Ralph Tresvant, the, the lead singer, he said he got pro- approached many well, a times about leaving the group. But he said, mm-hmm. I am with this group. And it, it's just a sad commentary right. that it just seems it, you, you're stronger together. Well, you've heard that before. You're stronger together. It just seems like you get too many mm-hmm. outside influences picking at people, and they pull legendary, and I mean legendary groups apart. And it's kind of a sad reality. And I think true music listeners are suffering because of it.
2: Right. And the thing you have to realize when you're a performer, if you're honest with yourself and honest with your understanding of your audience, Most audiences are not going to pay attention to one person for two hours. Right. You know, if you have a band or you have a a multi-talented act that's out there, there's moments where you need to get back out the light and let somebody else shine for a minute so your audience is still fresh. Correct. And have something else to to, to watch because otherwise they get bored after a while. I agree.
0: Even even Michael,
2: even Michael Jackson, Michael Jackson would would leave the stage for a minute and let the band shine, and you know I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know this you humble yourself before your audience because I mean they're they're the ones that's paying to see you, you know. I agree. And they don't owe you nothing other than to be be on time with their ticket. <laughs> <laughs> that's I
1: know that's right,
0: and it's funny how it's funny how
1: you, we'll funny how now, you said that. It. It. Go ahead, go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm done. It's 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 funny how you said that. Even Michael Jackson did that when Prince came here. I want to say 2014-ish here in Chicago. You said how they'll kind of step away Mm -hmm. and let their band do the work. Well, I watched him do that uh, several times where he stepped off the stage and let his band just his vocals and his bands do their thing. He let the brass section have a part. Then he let the the rhythm and percussion section do it. Then he let the vocals in. Then he would come back out and pop in and pop out. To me, as someone, not just that's because I played the best. instrument. Thank you. And there you go. Yeah, because yeah. Why it, it was going to come back to him anyway. He just said, I'm going to let them do their thing. And mm-hmm. I enjoyed the show even more for him doing that. hmm Right. But yeah, I think that's, that's, why that's, why what two geniuses, a... that's what two geniuses and professionals do, in my opinion. That's just my humble opinion. Mm-hmm. I would definitely like to talk about some of your other projects because you have done so much. I mean, I can't believe I'm almost insulted. This interview is only an hour, but my show is only an hour. So I want to talk about some of the other things Mm -hmm. that you have done. Like I said, you worked with the Commodores and, and Sun, And so, um, talk about, I mean, let's talk about the, you know what I want to talk about the experience Hendrix. Talk about what that was and how you became a part of that.
2: Well, the family, um, you know, owns the rights to Jimmy's music and all that stuff. And they do a lot of tribute albums and tribute shows that you know honor him all the time. And at the time I was married to Jamie Hendrix. Okay. Uh his sister. And uh we did a we did a project that was uh called Power of Soul. And it was a tribute to Jimi Hendrix and it was a wonderful project. I mean we a lot of the artists that we worked with Pretty much did their own thing and, and just sent the tapes to us. Mm. A lot of it, we ended up doing, you know, doing work with them as well, and you know, physically being in, in the, you know, with with them as they did it. And that was just a dream because, you know, Hendrix, you know, it's like uh, like a like a, a UFO that came in, and landed, and, and blew us all away. Right, with talent, and then, and then split. Right, you know, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I yeah, yeah. said, so I'll be back. Don't be, don't be late. You know, right. <laughs> you know, and I mean, I remember, I remember being, you know, teenager and going to see this movie about him. And I wasn't even, in, I wasn't even hit to him at the time. My mother, my mother was. She took me to see okay. mm-hmm. it. I sat there and almost quit playing guitar because I was like, oh man, this is covered. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? What else can we do? <laughs> so, you know, I literally, I took it took her talking to me and, and encouraged me. That it could be you make your own mark in life. You know, you know, you don't need to copy him because he's done. He's, he's done what he's going to do. But be inspired by him and be influenced because he is one of the best of all time. Mm. So uh, once I got over being afraid to try anymore, mm-hmm. I you know I ended up you know doing my thing. I, you know, and all I ever do, people tell me you know you're, you're doing some great stuff. I there. Mean, all I'm doing is carrying on with the world before me. Right, right.
1: And the and the you know. names associated with that project, Sheldon. I mean, I, I listed them earlier: Lenny Kravitz, Sting. Santana, Clapton, Prince, Stevie Ray Vaughan—I I know your head had to be spinning when you saw these names come across, come together for this project.
2: Yeah, well, it, it was—it was quite, a, quite an event. Because I mean, <laughs> a lot of these artists are my favorites, and my—you know—some of my worked with, and you know, but there's, uh, to be doing it all for the main guy. You know, having all these artists come to, come to the table because they just wanted to be part of it. That was a, a joy of all joys. Wow! And it's not so much what I did as much as what was uh, what I was privy to being part of. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: that is that is amazing. And you also did some musical work on the Academy Award nominee movie uh motion picture glory, talk about that for a second here.
2: Well it's a, it's a very small part but it was it was a it was a big movie and mm-hmm. I was honored to be part of it. But it was a it was a last minute call to go sing with some singers to do a, a gospel thing as they called it. Mm-hmm. and they said it was gonna be around a campfire. And and oh, all they yeah. did was
1: go Mm-hmm. Yep, I remember.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. My whole life trying to get, my whole life trying to get a career and do something great, and it comes to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, but mm-hmm. it was, it was it good because I remember good. Good. <laughs> that the minute you said it, I said, don't tell me he is about to do the line that I remember. From that. <laughs> but that was an important scene yeah. in that movie, though, because they were all together and it was kind of a bonding thing for them in that movie. So I'm laughing, but I'm not laughing right. disrespectfully because that was very important it was like a spiritual bonding yeah. to them you know especially going through what they were going was, through so it was, I, hey look sometimes it's the, the simplest stuff that, that 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 will remain with you forever so I, i'm tipping my cap to you sir. Yeah, I'm just it was, you. It, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a
2: wonderful moment and the producer of the music was one of my one of my favorites he was like an incredible guy wow and uh when we were, when we were singing it was me philip England, Ingram, james engles brother Yes. Um, I can't think of who else was all there by name, but there's a lot of guys who's, who do a lot of the commercials in LA and singers. There's about about five or six of us, and you know we didn't. We came in there thinking this guy that does the music is, is like a you know orchestral guy, and he's you know going to have us singing some some heavy, hard, to sing stuff. And he was like, I just need you to go. <laughs> Oh my lord, lord,
1: lord, lord! Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember. Right, Trust right. me.
2: <laughs> Take it home I remember and do what you do at church.
1: Right, <laughs> I'm telling you, it, 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 the simple hooks are the ones that always win, and you've been yeah. in the music business long enough to know that. Um, Sunday morning, so, uh, Earth, Wind, and Grammy-nominated song. Talk about that! Well, how did that come about?
2: It came about because I was born on a Sunday morning. Now, there you go. Very <laughs> simple. See, the simple things. <laughs> <laughs> we were, we did it I, I wrote the groove and then me and Maurice were sitting up listening and we were like, What are we gonna call it? <laughs> and I said for, and I said for some reason I keep thinking Sunday morning. I don't know why. I just keep feeling you know, like this is something to do with Sunday morning. And and we were, we we decided that was it. Just call it Sunday morning. And we got together with Ali Willis, who wrote September and all kinds of major, major hits around the world. And we wrote this, we wrote this, you know, this whole story about Sunday morning. Mm. And and that was that was it. It wasn't It wasn't a whole lot of thought, you know, to go into it, other than just it felt like the song just felt like
1: Sunday morning. And that song was huge because when that song came out, I know in here in Chicago they played that song to death on every radio station. And it, but it was just that hook. I'm like, that's Earth Wind and Fire. I'm like, it was catchy. You could just sing it, you could whistle it, you can whatever you wanted to do. And that song, I mean, I, I absolutely love that song. I'm not just saying it to, to blow smoke. I'm I, I literally, I really well, love that song. That was a fantastic song. So my hat is off to you well, again. Tell
2: him, t- tell him I said thank you. Let's keep <laughs> playing it. <laughs> it was a
1: fantastic I really loved that song Brian Coberson mm-hmm. bringing back the funk um, that's another oh uh, boy I, I, my opinion I think that's another unsung uh, legend in the music business what was it like working with Brian Coberson?
2: it was like having Verdeen with a keyboard <laughs> there <you go. laughs> I mean yeah. I mean he has he has the energy of Verdeen Birdine like and the and the the playing chops of you know Herbie Hancock or somebody. Wow! And it Ooh, was just like man, that's a compliment. And, the, and and the, and the, and the, when we wrote when we write together, it's just like it's a it's a, mad, a match made in heaven. It just came together. It was just just his it, love for this the vibe of the EWF, you know, um, style of music, mm-hmm. It just worked well with his style. And it was just we had a we had a ball and then when we did the recording it was all pretty much done live Mm -hmm. and that just that was just like taking that whole thing of being in the band era and having that repeat itself in the smooth jazz area we were just celebrating what we had done all the years before Mm. and actually my first number one song was the song uh always remember with Brian Cobson that's the first number 1 i ever
1: had wow wow and it was number 1 on the billboard chart smooth jazz category think free if uh, live if i'm not mistaken mhm wow yeah that one congratulations, that was the second one. congratulations to you so both I that thank that God. Was, I was, oof you have worked for some legends yeah, he's, I, he's,
2: wow yeah, then then the then the thing is you watch Brian play and then he'll turn around and go play the piano upside down. <laughs> <laughs> that could be frustrating
1: well, too. Like, right, you okay. just showing off now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I said no, wow. I saw that. I said, Okay, I've seen everything now. Just kept this cat's playing the piano upside down, man. <laughs> oh my god I don't even know how to respond to that but that was funny Sheldon
1: Reynolds is my guest here on the movie we got about 8 or 7 minutes left in the show I got so many questions I want to ask you really quick I gotta ask this one real quick you appeared in Sonny and Philly how did that happen?
2: I couldn't hear you say it one more time
1: you appeared in Sonny and Philly the show how did that happen?
2: oh well I knew a guy that knew another guy then knew one more guy, and that guy was from Cincinnati, and he ended up he ended up running a company out in L.A. that gets okay. music and gets you know puts puts musicians in in TV and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he called me up and he said, "Look, man, I got this thing. I need you to put a band together for." And I was like, "What? Can you, I'm thinking. I'm thinking a gig." He said, "No, it's a television show." I said, oh, "Okay. <laughs> what are we doing?" He said, "We're just you just imitating you know some live jazz kind of stuff." And I said, cool. And I said, what show was it? And he told me, and I just started cracking up. I said, how did I just up in this show? You know, and he was like, he said, said, you got picked. They're big fans of you. I said, well, thank God. Oh, my goodness. So we ended up, it took a split second second and a half, and we were on on the screen. I mean, it, it, it took two days. What <laughs> <laughs> two two whole days,
1: huh? Now what you should have did, you should have just went back to your hook. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what you should have did. You might have been on there maybe about yeah. three, four minutes if you had went to the to the glory hook that you did. That might have catch it. You, you might have been on there about uh, five, no. six minutes. That would have been interesting. Could <laughs> have
2: made five seconds at least. Yeah, you. <laughs> <know>. <laughs> but we had a ball. It was it was fun because I mean they they were funny. Right? Those, those catches were funny
1: oh my god yeah they, they, they that show's been on for a minute and that that's amazing so congratulations to you on that I got a few more things I want to ask you I, 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 where I get to, to talk to a legend here I want to, um, to are you still producing
2: Sheldon? yes sir that's my favorite okay. thing to do is produce okay writing yeah. and producing being in
1: the studios but where I, where my heart is that is awesome working on awesome. you
2: know projects that's Trying to discover new artists, give them a shot, and get out there, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. And, uh, and then uh, my favorite project that we're doing right now is, is we're putting together a TV show mm-hmm. that's actually out called Behind the Groove. I was going there. Yes, go and ahead, please. And, and oh boy, this is this is a fun project here. Mm-mm-mm. Everything we're talking about is what we're doing in this show. Okay, and we talked about for the last hour what we're doing. We're trying to celebrate the great writers and great talents from you know from music and who are who are often forgotten or just never got known or unsung or whatever and uh and we're trying to bring some honor and respect to them mm. so that is that's is the project we're on the Asian cultural network now, okay, and we're trying to build you know we're trying to build it up to be on the you know nine o'clock or eight o'clock you know uh LA time. Okay. You know, so we can get on the main 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 circuit. Oh my goodness but I will be uh, looking for that. I will be it's, looking it's for that. Very, now are you still performing very, Sheldon? It's a very Yeah, I actually go out and do shows with a group called Kalimba. Okay. Okay. They uh they are an earth earthly fire tribute act. Oh and, okay uh, you can see them in uh, you can see us online, you can see us you know, doing our thing. I go out and do a few songs, and then I'm kind of like a guest that comes out and says, how did I end up here? And I, and I, and I end up doing <laughs> September and having a ball with them. And uh, they are the, the, for me, they are the closest thing I've ever had to playing with a group that sounds like Earth, Wind, Fire, and those other. Oh, my goodness. Play with the love that the group is about. Mm. They don't. They're not trying to compete and all that kind of stuff. It's just about right. love, and they, they they actually they honestly love just the sound and the band of you know that is earthquake Fire, and uh, it's it's been a joy being out there. We went to Moscow a year ago, and we 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 escaped and got out. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm, thank, well, I'm thank God I'm, you I'm got serious. out on that. um
1: I'm gonna ask a, a final question and I'm gonna have you do something for the audience if you don't mind. Um and, and I and I hope mm-hmm. I can ask you this question. I understand that you have Parkinson's. Tell me what it's like dealing with oh, that yeah. being on the road and working all the time and how do how do you deal with that? I have about four minutes or so. Can you in a short answer can you give me what that's like for you?
2: It's kinda shaky. <laughs> 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 that's how I deal with it. Kind of Taking me up a little bit, right? Right. <laughs> but no, I take it. I take it like this. Mm-hmm. I've had the opportunity to tour the world, three, go around the world three or four times. So I don't have any reason to complain about anything, right? You know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, billionaire and all that kind of stuff. But I had a billionaire's vision of the world, mm-hmm. and 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 I and I feel like I've been blessed so much with. With so many things that I've been able to do. That if it's Parkinson's, that is the, the the big battle, mm-hmm. I'll take it. Because the God is the God that created me gave me much more than what Parkinson's is about.
1: Now, right now, it
2: definitely can be a it can be an interruption. It can be an irritant. And uh, but it's not a death sentence. And it's not something that you have to get all depressed about. Right, there's there's things on the horizon that make may cure it, may at least hold it back even better. And you know, I've I've seen the departure of my my hero and all that with Maurice. Mm-hmm. But strides are being made to make make it so we can fight this thing. And, and if you care about people, find your local Parkinson's place and help help them out.
1: Could not say said that any better. And one last thing I would like you to do, for, I usually ask my guests, i got about a minute or so left, I usually ask my guests if they can just mm-hmm. leave maybe a couple sentences, um, inspirational, uh, motivational to my audience, especially listening to your story. Can you just give us a couple of words here that just, just to motivate and move people and just let them know it's going to be okay? What would you like to say?
2: I say it's always going to be okay. Because everything works in a circle. The earth is a circle, the sun, all the stars, all the, all the planets are all circles. So everything comes back around. I would say that if you choose music or anything related like that, or even just really in, li- in life itself, if you choose to do something good, do it because you love doing it, not because you're trying to make money. Because the more you no. show that the love that you are sending out, the more it comes back to you. That can be a, an audience and a crowd. That can be the job you picked that you do, you know, working in a hospital. Whatever you do, just do it from love. We need that now. We need that more than anything else.
1: Amen. What did you say? All about love, right? You mentioned that earlier. And that's exactly what it's all about. Well, Mr. Reynolds, yeah, this has been an absolute pleasure and an honor to have you on the show. Uh, like I said, today is my mother's birthday, so uh, my father brought me and my brother have up listening birthday, to Happy <laughs> Thank you, for, I, know, I know she's gonna love that. And she all, she and my father brought me and my brother up listening to this legendary group and the talents, and I appreciate everything you've done. And thank you for starting your movement and creating one and sending messages about love and positivity out there. Thank you for starting your movement, and thank you for being part of mine today. The honor was all mine. I really appreciate it, sir.
2: Thank you. Thank you for having me on. God bless everybody. Absolutely.
1: And God bless you too, Mr. Reynolds. And that is it. Uh, Thank you to Mr. Reynolds for having me on. Thanks for Voice America. I will see you all next week with Nicola Roberts Bird. Remember, if you have not started a movement, then what are you waiting for? See you all next week.
0: Thank you for joining us for The Movement. Your host, Shannon D. Hughes, invites you to tune in again for another edition next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. That's 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
1: Find out what...